Hello and welcome to the Nourish Practice podcast, a podcast focused on all things intuitive eating, intuitive movement and helping you heal your relationship to food while moving away from diet culture in hopefully a nice relaxed way. There'll be a mixture of solo episodes and guest interviews. Any topics you would like included just send me a DM on Instagram at Nourish Practice and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. So this week is a little bonus episode wasn't on my sort of to record list but it was inspired by a chat I had recently with a client around the topic of habituation. We were talking about off-limit foods in particular chocolate and how that means you often go very much into that all-or-nothing mindset and how to move away from that. Me personally I used to be a bit of a chocoholic and then I sort of discovered habituation whether on purpose or a little bit by accident um, and sort of lent into it more as I discovered intuitive eating. Now I can kind of take it or leave it Um, which I know for a lot of people is the aim with a lot of their forbidden foods or foods that they struggle with. So we're going to talk a little bit today about what it is and hopefully how it can benefit you. So let's get started. So habituation, first of all, what is it? It is when you're exposed to the same stimulus again and again, so it's no longer novel, so it's not new. This can apply to anything, a poster on the wall in your house, new shoes after you wear them every day, Think about, do you get excited every time you put your trainers on if you wear them every day for a week? Probably not. But the first time you get them out of the box and they're new and shiny, you're probably super excited to wear them, a new item of clothing, etc, etc. That's the idea. Same thing applies with food. So with food, habituation occurs when you eat the same thing repeatedly. If you ordered pizza one night, you might love it and it tastes great. But if you're eating leftovers for two or three days, by day two, day three, not appealing anymore, you might sort of be like, oh, I have to finish it. But it's not novel, it's not new, it's not exciting. I always use the same example of Christmas food, and I know it's been and gone. Um, We're in January, but fond memories of Christmas. Um, By the end of December, most of us are done with Christmas dinner. We get that sort of overexposure, we're done with Christmas food, because we've been eating quite a lot of it. It's not new, it's not novel, it's not exciting. It just, it's the same old, same old by the end of December. There's a reason we all see recipes on Instagram and think, I'll try that. We love the idea of something new, even if we end up eating the same thing as always and actually the recipe doesn't work out, we don't even try it. But we like the idea of something new, something exciting. Do you know what else is exciting? Something that's off limits and that often goes hand in hand with dieting. So when you go on a diet, you cut out, I'll use chocolate, I'll continue with that as an example. You say, no more chocolate for me. So it's off limits, therefore it's exciting. Then add in the fact you now no longer eat it. When you do it, you savour it. It's a novel experience. It's new, exciting. It gets your body wanting more of it because it's that new sensation. But then you feel like you failed your diet. The process starts again. We have that guilt, that shame, etc. of the diet cycle. Why can't you help but think about chocolate? Because it's new, it's novel and it's exciting. I always like to use the pink elephant analogy. I know that there's one that's called like the white polar bear but I just like the pink elephant. It's a little more striking. Um, And if you use my worksheets, I hide pink elephants around them just to see how many people notice. Because if you are told, don't notice, don't look, don't see pink elephants, you'll start to think about them more. As soon as you're told not to think about something, you automatically do. Diets are restriction. They often include forbidden or off-limits foods that you're not allowed to think about. They therefore become enticing rather than habitual. Like the food equivalent of that pink elephant. I'm determined to get that stuck in your head and to get the image even a little bit in there just to prove my point. People often comment that dieting makes them obsessed with food and thinking about it even more than they normally would especially food that they can't have or they've now cut out their diet completely. So how you get out of this trap? 
So when you give yourself unconditional permission to eat and remove all moral judgment from food, it allows you to make habituation work for you. So first step in this is food neutrality. So this is the idea that no food is inherently good or bad. Unless it's mouldy, you're allergic to it, all those sorts of things, obviously then it's bad for you. If you're allergic to gluten, maybe don't eat gluten. However, if it's just bad because you think it's unhealthy or you've been taught by diet culture to think that, it's removing that sort of labelling. There is no link between your morality and what you eat. What you eat doesn't make you a better or worse person. They are not equivalent. And also, you don't use that to see how you see others. So, if you see someone eating more or less than you, or eating a certain type of food, you don't equate that to what their moral value is, or how you see them and treat them. This is part of rejecting the diet mentality. This has many benefits, including reducing stress around food, which, if you listen to that episode on digestion, can actually help you digest your food. There's no more enticing off limits food. Food just takes up less brain space, you're not thinking about it as much. And also it allows you to start to notice other qualities that maybe you don't see because you're just thinking about how much someone eats, what they eat, etc. And actually this might cause some conflicts to arise in your inner narrative. We live in a society, again, diet culture is quite intrinsic, but also fat phobia. So we start to judge, especially those maybe who live in large bodies, with what they eat. It's a very common thing that people start to address that as they move away from labels and start to appreciate that health at every size approach. It brings up that conflict in them of why do I think this way? Is it something that my parents, my teachers, someone around me instilled in me? Who first told me that food is good and bad? Is it something that I'm getting from watching the news or reading articles? Is it something that's reinforced by what I look at on social media? Is that affecting my inner narrative? So it can cause a lot of that internal conflict and for you to ask why, why not? What is making you think this way? sort of digging a little deeper into what influences you and how you see food. So it isn't going to naturally be super easy, but it will hopefully be worth it as you move away from that good and bad and that guilt and shame that comes with eating quote-unquote bad food. So that leads to what's called unconditional permission to eat. And I can link an article below that I wrote for Nutritionist Resource on this. But it's basically the idea that food neutrality means you can eat any and all foods unconditionally. So you're not having to work out to earn it. You're not having to skip a meal so that you earn the calories, all that sort of thing. There is no conditions. You want a food, you can eat it. Over time, you'll learn what foods satisfy you, what make you feel full. And it's not a condition, but it's that inherent knowledge of what you need to fuel you best. But at the same time, at any point, you can go, I just want that food. I just want the taste of it and I don't have to earn it. I don't have to have a condition. I'm just allowed to have that food because no food is good or bad and it will not affect me as a person if I have it. Now, this lends itself to habituation because when nothing is off limits, it's not exciting, it's not novel. If you know you can have chocolate whenever you want, (laughs) it's not as exciting, it's not a treat, it is the everyday. For example, I've had chocolate in my porridge every morning for months. Absolutely loved it, I had a little square of dark chocolate, just what I needed. Again, have quite a sweet tooth. But I got to the point where I wanted a different flavour and voila, I switched it out for something else. Now this wasn't me being on a diet, it wasn't me saying this food is bad, it was just me saying, actually you know what, I've got a bit bored of that same taste every single day and I need an, I wanted something else. Unconditional permission to eat meant I had chocolate every day for breakfast until that point I was like, yeah, I don't really want it anymore. And at any point I know I can go, ah, I want that taste back or I fancy that and I can add it back in. Now, a note here on what's called pseudo-permission. So, often what happens when we give ourselves unconditional permission to eat, 
we worry again maybe from a body image perspective and that's something that we need to work through alongside our eating habits they all cross over and coalesce is that maybe we're releasing control maybe our body is going to change whatever it is doubts often arise and this is because we spent years following diet culture trying to make ourselves as thin as we can or on super strict diets that something is going to go wrong and it's all going to be terrible etc etc so we kind of meet ourselves halfway and this is where pseudo permission comes in so we say things like i can eat as much as as i want now but later on i have to eat something healthy i can eat as much as that as i want now but i've got to go to the gym tomorrow to burn it off you're not giving yourself unconditional permission you're adding conditions but you're trying to sort of weave them in and get them under the radar so it becomes pseudo permission you look like you've given yourself permission but there's still restriction underneath and it's really really common and it means there's still shame and guilt associated with eating that food so there's still going to be that little bit of your brain that says it's off limits trying to restrict it and therefore you want it more and that cycle continues. With unconditional permission to eat, it's kind of an all or nothing endeavour. So you need to work to the point that you can do that and just question yourself when you start to add in those little conditions. It may be that you need help to see that you're adding in conditions. So chat it through with a friend or with a professional as you need to. What I find and what I really love when working with people is building up an evidence base. Now, a lot of the time, we quite like to think of the worst case scenario for a lot of us but actually when you have an evidence base and you say actually these three foods I gave myself unconditional permission to eat I spent about a week eating loads of it because my body was like yes after years of not eating it I really really want it and then now don't even think about it I couldn't tell you the last time I had it having an evidence base of why it works helps you lean further into it so slowly build up that evidence base it helps convince the doubts in your brain and say I'm not just making it up but you need a little bit of time to build that evidence base now a common sort of query concern etc with unconditional permission to eat is if you say if I give myself unconditional permission to eat chocolate or whatever food insert here I will overeat it I'll only eat that all day now initially maybe I'm not gonna lie and say it's not appealing straight away if I said to you, you can have chocolate for every meal of the day you'll never want it again that's not how it works like I said it's think of like Christmas it's a few days it's a few weeks of continued exposure and then it's not novel anymore and you know you can have it anytime so you don't have to have it right now because it's available to you all times a day tomorrow all week etc start to tune in when you want that food whether you're being sort of rebellious because it used to be off limits hit back at diet culture very natural thing it raises a lot of anger and a lot of confusion and just that feeling of i've spent years in that game game guilt and shame cycle um and so that can bring up a lot of emotions as well start to notice are you giving yourself pseudo permission are you still feeling those negative emotions around this food and why sometimes it's more than food and that might need a little more digging sometimes it's just a case of needing repeated exposure to get out of diet culture patterns so give it some time to have an effect finding the satisfaction factor and gentle nutrition can help here they can help you find what foods you actually want to satisfy you and meet your needs, as well as taking into account nutritional information without falling back into diets, taking external nutrition and fitting in with your lived experience. Because people follow intuitive eating and unconditional permission to eat aren't just sat there eating unhealthy food all day long, that's often the sort of misconception. In fact, 
often people realise off-limits food aren't as good as they previously thought in terms of taste, in, in terms of fullness, in terms of satisfaction, and they often then find other things that meet their needs. They're not going for the lower calorie, less fat, whatever option. They're just saying, you know what, I thought that I wanted that thing, but actually I much felt the taste of this. Or I, once I had it every day, I realised that it wasn't really fulfilling that need. I really need to be fuller for longer for work, so actually I tried this instead. Again, taking that external in with the lived experience. So how can you hopefully use habituation for your benefit? If you currently have forbidden, off limits, bad, whatever foods, you can try and use habituation to release the pressure and guilt associated with these foods and make them no longer novel. They'll just be a part of your life. It's only recommended to make a list of these foods and you can do this, for example, making a list of what you think is the most easy to introduce in order to the hardest. So again, building that evidence base. Oh, well, actually introducing bread, if that's something that, or a certain meal like pizza or something, might be easier to add in because it's a social dish, you can have it with family, things like that. Giving yourself unconditional permission that way. But having something like, I don't know, ice cream, if you've had a long history of that being a super off-limits food, might be harder. So just build that evidence base until you get more and more onto your list. Maybe it's just a random list and you just pick and choose as and well, as and how with your taste. Again, your list, your reintroduction. But having something you can tangibly see and reflect on is super helpful. Note down how you feel consuming these foods. Do you feel guilt and shame? Sometimes it's writing it out or reflecting by yourself can make you go, how is eating one food causing me this much of an emotional response? Why is that? Do I need to look into that? And how can I move away from that? Again, no food is good or bad, so we shouldn't be feeling an immense amount of guilt and shame from it. Over time, you'll see how hopefully your response to these foods change. If you find guilt and shame the first few times after day four or five, actually you might start to go, you know what? because of that habituation response it's not new it's not novel it's not causing so much of an emotional response actually it's just an everyday part of my food and my diet now and i mean diet as in everything we eat not as in a diet evidence is my favorite thing when finding what works for you and arguing with that diet culture voice in your head which is why i love intuitive eating because it's evidence-backed as a framework now again most of this only works if you give yourself unconditional permission to eat so that is your first step and working towards food neutrality. If you need some help looking at these patterns, looking at things like that, reach out for a discovery call. The link is below.